Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, a market that kind of turned itself around on the day. A lot of negativity going on, not only in the corn, the beans, but the wheat complex as well. And flip the screen page here, the cattle and the, well, the hogs actually saw some positives, but the live cattle and the feeders continue to have their struggle. We do have a report that comes out tomorrow. We're going to talk a bit about that. Also, some dry conditions in Brazil. We know that they are into planting very furiously. So what does all this mean? And is the markets paying attention to this weekend rain that's supposed to hit not only here in the U.S., but in South America as well? Brian Split joins us with agmarket.net. And and Brian, let's start out talking about this WASD report uh, set out tomorrow. A lot of discussion, a lot of uh, questions as to what we might see in those numbers. Right, and I think uh, a lot of the focus right now is, is on soybeans and that balance sheet just because uh, the the percentage move of the balance sheet that you can see on this report tomorrow can be rather tremendous. Um, just one bushel uh, additional yield or one bushel subtraction on yield on soybeans is 80 million bushels worth of production. So we know that because of the re- reduced quarterly stock number, the uh, starting point instead of 460 million bushels is cl- is closer to 410. And so if we lose a, a half a bushel of production, now we're going to see carryout drop to about 370 million bushels. Uh, if you lose a full bushel per acre, uh, now you're down at 330 million bushels. Now, the one thing that that does not address at all is the demand side of the balance sheet. And I don't see any reason right now why we would say the USDA should reduce demand um, so if anything, especially based on the pace of exports that we have and, and the, the size of the book of export sales of new crop already committed, we should see the USDA raise the export demand on the balance sheet. But there's some questions because we've seen how the USDA is handling Chinese corn imports. And so they still have China importing 7 million tons of U.S. corn, and, and China's already purchased more than that. Um, so due to their propensity to cancel purchases, they're saying, well, hey, we're going to wait until the shipments really suggest that we should increase the export demand. Um, and so I don't know if they're going to take that same approach on soybeans. If they do, because it is so early in the marketing year, we're only one month into it, we may not see them move the needle much on exports uh, even though the evidence is there that they could. So that would just really become a yield estimate uh, at that point would be the major um, change to the balance sheet. But if you saw how the trade traded soybeans on Tuesday, that is the day that all of the pre-report estimates from the trade came out. The average estimate on soybean carryout was 363 million bushels. And on that day, soybeans took off. So you have to wonder how much of this report we've actually already priced in and what do we need to see to still be bullish at 1050 beans. Uh, we've, we've seen the market go up as high as 1069 on the high made this morning. So we have priced in some of this report. Do we need to be sub 350 to say we need to go higher? I, I don't know. Uh, but that's going to be, I think, the number everyone's really focused on on the soybeans is what do they do with yield and how much does that move the uh, the needle on the carryout estimate. What about for the corn? Can we expect any surprises tomorrow? So corn is, is almost the same story but much less explosive. Um, it's kind of the same tune with the uh, reduction in the carry-in because of the tighter old crop stocks. Again, that was uh, shown on the quarterly stocks report that we had. Uh, so now we know that the uh, assumption for new crop carryout will be reduced by about the same amount of bushels. 
And then what do we do with yield and what do we do with, with demand? Uh, we could still make the argument that maybe the USDA um, will raise export demand a little bit. Um, do they reduce ethanol or corn for ethanol to slightly offset that? Very possible. Um, feed residual, hard to move that number this early in the year. So, again, we're probably in that same situation for soybeans uh, or for corn as we are for soybeans where it really comes down to what the USDA does with yield. Now, the last estimate from the USDA was 178.5. Uh, I think a lot of the trade is looking for a slight reduction. Uh, we at adamarket.net are at 177.5. And, um, again, I think we've priced in a, a good chunk of a, a carryout that's somewhere around 2 billion bushels with December corn hitting 394.5 today. So we've rallied 74.5 cents in two months from the August WASDE report. Uh, very... Uh, very susceptible to that buy the rumor, sell the fact type of reaction from the trade if the numbers aren't bullish enough. So we did have producers today looking at puts. Uh, they have weekly puts where you can buy a put that expires that Friday. Um, so we had a lot of success with those last week on the quarterly stock report. And uh, we're using that same tool for this report, uh, especially after the run in, in corn prices that we've had. A lot of producers have bushels that they just can't store on their own farm. We really don't want them to pay to store it at a at a commercial facility. So knowing that the time frame is short to make that decision, these really short-term puts for such a large event can make all the difference in the world. So if you're a livestock producer and you're looking at these numbers and the projected numbers for tomorrow, what are some things that they should be, maybe some key markers they need to be keeping an eye out for? Well, I think um, one of the things that, that producers of, of livestock are, are monitoring is, is feed cost. And um, I, would, I would really hope that when um, the market was at substantially lower levels that some kind of coverage was extended. Uh, you just get down to prices, especially the cash prices that were out there in the country, where if you're a, a livestock producer looking at feed needs, it, it makes complete sense to have coverage. So, um, you know, maybe right now we're looking at some of the extended coverage needs further out. Uh, and I think if that's the case and you're concerned that there could be some bullishness left in the in the market, you're probably going to be looking more at uh, some option plays to cover the upside uh, focusing more on the flat price risk because I do think if the futures board does keep going up, it's going to offer basis opportunity for the buyer. All right, well, stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit. We know China has been on holiday, but we know they've been making some purchases during this last week. And then we'll head to South America. A lot of weather concerns continue to build up there. How much is our markets paying attention to it? And are we paying attention to the dryness we have going on right here in the States? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. On the rural. Welcome. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation this afternoon with Brian Split. Brian is with agmarket.net. So exports, we know China's been on holiday, but their appetite has still been there. And we continue to see more purchases, which I think some had thought this might have been a quiet week for them. You know, I think it's one of those things where I don't, I don't know that them being on holiday really means anything if you think about you know, uh, domestically when it's Christmas season, do, do the things, you know, running the show behind the scenes, do they stop working? No. Uh, if China needs to continue to buy beans, they're still going to have people that are working to, to make those deals. Uh, so I, I don't put a whole lot of emphasis on these periods of time where technically China's on holiday or whatever it is. If, if they need to buy beans, they're going to continue to buy. Are we going to continue to see the, the pace that we've seen in buying, not only from China, but, but other countries as well? 
Um, probably not. Um, I think a, a good amount of the bulk of the needs have been have been purchased, and I think that's something the market's really trying to figure out is how much does China need to buy, how much have they already bought of that. And so now what we're really watching is some of these events, for example, uh, the dryness in Brazil. Uh, you look at the the root zone moisture percentile at the start of October, and you look at that map compared to the, the previous uh, seven, eight years, and we are in a extremely dry scenario down there. And so the Brazilian producer is going to wait to get rain until they get the crop in the ground. And they're supposed to get some this week, uh, this weekend, I should say. Um, but, you know, let's say that rain doesn't materialize and then it stays dry and that pushes their planting back further. That'll push their harvest back further, which then creates an additional window where China is going to need to come to the U.S. to get those needs bought because it won't be ready yet in Brazil. So... While the the bulk of the buying may be done, there might be these you know these catch up orders or or some of these orders to fill the gap between what is the perceived time where they have their coverage up until and when the harvest will be ready. So I wouldn't be surprised as we uh, go further if it does stay dry in Brazil, we're going to continue to see more business come to the U.S. Is there some nervousness about how dry it's getting here in the U.S.? Um. I don't think the um, the bean market is playing that right now. Uh, I think the market that is playing the dryness in domestically right now is the wheat market. Uh, winter wheat, both the uh, the soft red and the hard red varieties, have been extremely strong. Uh, we did make some new highs for the move today, uh, but a little bit concerning is that uh, the uh, hard red wheat, for example, had a, a large outside day down. So that means that overnight uh, we had traded above yesterday's highs, but at the end of the day we closed below yesterday's lows. So that type of reversal, especially after making a new high for the move, is going to be concerning. Now we can obviously get some data from the USDA tomorrow that may make the wheat market want to go back up and make new highs. Uh, but without knowing there's a report tomorrow, I would look at the chart today and say that's a sell signal. If I'm a producer of wheat, especially more likely uh, a producer of wheat that uh, might need to be looking at new crop, um, maybe this is an area to start laying off some of your new crop risk and uh, uh, see if this market doesn't have a little bit of a setback. I think we do have some downside risk in wheat uh, into the month of November if this report tomorrow does not send us to new highs. And are we worried about the dryness that we're seeing in the Black Sea region and in Russia for the wheat? Well, that's part of the, the wheat story as well, absolutely. Uh, you've got Black Sea region, you've got Russia, you've got uh, Argentina is dry, you've got France that's dry. So there's more than just one spot in the world that's dry right now. Um, and, and so I think over the course of this conversation, we've identified that North America is dry, South America is dry, uh, we've got Europe is dry, and, and parts of Asia is dry, and then you've got uh, our main consumer in Asia has had uh, wild weather with uh, different typhoons and flooding and all kinds of stuff. So we're seeing some very uh, volatile weather events right now. Um, so now I guess you could say, and you had asked about, uh, you know, is the dryness domestically becoming a concern? It is right now for winter wheat, but when you look at our, our own drought monitor maps and then compare them to 2011 going into 2012, there's a lot of similarities there. Now there's also similarities to uh, 2000, uh, what was it, 13, I believe, going into 14. Um, 
and one year, which would be 11 going into 12, we straight stayed dry. We were dry in the spring, and then by the time we got to summer, the whole Midwest was in severe drought. 13 going into 14, it looked like we could have a drought, but then it modified itself over winter, and then come spring, we got a bunch of rain. So there definitely is that potential to go into next spring extremely dry, which could be a powder keg. And I think if we do that, the market's going to stay supported through uh, through winter into spring until we actually start getting rain. But again, it's one of those things where if you start getting rain, then the market's going to uh, probably make a very early high. All right, great conversation, Brian. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, you can uh, reach me directly at uh, 815-665-0463. You can reach anybody at the team at 844-4AG-MARKET, so 844-424-6758. Check us out online at www.agmarket.net. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all lo- your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.